When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for Here We Go, the Steelers show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is, man, the guy that makes my Thursday nights, and I know this is Friday afternoon when you hear this show, but come on, you we'll break down the fourth wall. You know we record the night before, and I consider this guy one of my closest friends now, and I've never sh- shaken his hand. It is KT Smith. Kevin Thatcher Smith, to be exact and precise. KT, what is going on? Hey, Brian. Uh, yes, uh, it is Thursday night, and uh, I sell. I had a little celebration tonight. My wife and family did because, and um, this is something I'm sure that you're going to enjoy. Today is National Pizza Day. Oh, I don't know, I don't yes. know if you knew that, but I did know yeah, that Pizza Day. Yeah, so. We uh, we celebrated, got got a pie from one of our favorite places, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. So I feel like I did the holiday some justice. What's a Smith family pie look like? Because you, I mean, you've got to take the entire family into consideration. Well, yeah, we're limited right now by having a five and a ten year old whose whose palate is, uh, let's just say, a little on the bland side. My, you know, I'm I love to get after it with my with my pizzas. You know, I, I I'll do I'll pretty much put anything on a pizza. We got a place around the corner. I don't know what your stance is going to be on this, but they do an incredible uh, like shrimp scampi pizza. Oh my God. It's a, it just sounds great. Oh, it's got so much going on on it. I mean, I like, you know, ham and pineapple. 
I like uh, I, I there aren't there aren't too many things I don't like on a pizza, but um, you know, white pies. I love white pies with uh, with spinach and garlic and tomato, and uh, so you know, I mean, I I I'm willing to go just about anywhere. But we went pretty simple tonight just because of the kids. I you know my son only eats cheese, so we get one cheese for the kids. My daughter will branch out. I like I love sausage on a pizza, but it's gonna be crumbled sausage, and I love a supreme. I remember when Pizza Hut did the uh, the uh, personal pan pizzas, I'd get the supreme, and that kind of made me want other things on a pizza. And I know it's just Pizza Hut, but that's kind of what what uh, made me go to different things. I am not opposed to pineapples on a pizza, like my wife is. What, what's your stance on that? No, I'm all in. I love. Little ham and pineapple pizza, that's delicious. Only thing I can't do, I can't do anchovies. I just can't. I mean, I tried it and I tried it on one side and uh, we baked the pizza and then it just infected the whole pizza. The pizza was horrible. <laughs> infected would, is a good word. Would, would you do anchovies? Because I think they're uh, disgusting. I, tr- I don't think I've ever had anchovies on a pizza. I would definitely try it because I'll pretty much try anything like that. But uh, but you're right. That's That's a powerful... Uh, oh, yeah, that's a powerful taste. So now I got to get you down to Maryland in our town. We have this place called Rad Pies and they're a part of a brewery and we play trivia there every night. And it's just a kiosk in a brewery and they basically make pizza and that's it. And they entered the world championships in Vegas last year and their Detroit style pizza won. Mm. And when I tell you it's phenomenal, it is more than that it it is just amazing and it sucked when they won because we couldn't get the pizza for a while because they were selling out before trivia night yeah you know when i when i went to college i went to gettysburg college right there in central pa but it's only about 10 miles from the maryland line we would make a pilgrimage into emmitsburg where uh oh, i know i'm not that far from emmitsburg yeah and uh there used to be a, pl- a pizza place there called stavros pizza and uh, they made a, a deep dish Chicago pizza that was to die for. And we would, we'd all go down. It was like a big road trip. I mean, it was, you know, like 15 minutes away, but you're crossing the state line. You felt like you're like going out of state for pizza. It was pretty Okay. Fun. That was a long time ago. And I know it because we're about the same, but it is still, it still exists. Oh no, it's permanently closed. I thought it burned down and they rebuilt it. And then, uh, you know, I don't know. I know it went out for a while there, but yeah, that was a great place. Yeah, it's according to uh, the internet, it says permanently closed, but there's a picture of it. <laughs> oh, nuts. Man, yeah. I, you had me all excited. I know. All pizza's right. Is one of, pizza's one of the things that, you know, America's got it. We had the State of the Union address the other night. America's political division was on, on full display. But man, you want to bring people together, do it over pizza. It's pizza. And another thing, I think the Super Bowl brings a lot of people together in America, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. And the Steelers are not in it. Does that change the way you watch the Super Bowl? It, I'll tell you one thing. It changes my enjoyment of the Super Bowl. I, I enjoy the Super Bowl more when the Steelers aren't in it because it's so stressful to yeah. watch the Super yeah, Bowl when the Steelers are playing. But I'll, I'll can, take that stress every year. I don't care. Oh, 100 percent Yes. <laughs> I would trade, I would trade that stress uh for the the enjoyment of the spectacle. Uh, because it is a spectacle more than anything else. It's 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 uh 
a celebration of, I don't know, more than football. You know, it's a really actually it's funny that we're having this conversation because earlier today I interviewed uh, we have an opening on our staff at, at, at our high school where I coach. And I, I interviewed a guy today who actually played in the Super Bowl, a guy named Rod Govern, uh, who put who um, he was basically just a practice squad guy for the Buffalo Bills back in 1990. But he got called up with about eight weeks left in the season and he wound up being on the Super Bowl roster for that. Uh, really, really spectacular Super Bowl between Buffalo and the Giants that ended with the ill-fated Scott Norwood miss at the end there. But he was on, he was in, you know, he played in that Super Bowl. And I asked him, I said, what was it like just being in the experience there? And he said it was surreal. He said, because, you know, this is, here's this thing that you've thought about your whole life as a, as a football player. And, and then you're there and there's, celebrities and there's a million distractions and there's fighter jets and that was the i I believe i might maybe i'm wrong but i think that was the whitney houston that was that was the my gosh yeah that was a very difficult time and uh you know nsync not nsync i'm sorry uh, the new kids on the block did were there for uh, halftime too but that was uh that was the one when we thought we were going to war yeah Sure. And we sure. were the age that if there was a, you and I, if there was a draft, we were going. Yeah. There hadn't been a war since Vietnam and everybody was nervous. I remember that very, very well. I was a senior in college and it was, uh, it was like, you know, that, or maybe a junior, but it was the moment where you, you sort of snapped to reality. Like, Hey, you know, uh, this is real. This is what, this is, you know, here I am, you know, I'm, I'm playing football in college and, I'm in a fraternity and I'm having a good time and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, Hey, this is real life. And so you're right. That was a, that was a very sober Super Bowl. But the one thing Rod said, which I thought was really interesting was he said that Marv Levy Buffalo's head coach just kept reminding the team. It's a football game. It's a football game. Don't get caught up in anything else. It's a football game. And, and that's the thing I think that makes the Super Bowl so interesting is that while wow, there's this incredible pomp and circumstance and and we've built like this industry off of that day unto itself. Uh, at the end, man, it's, it's blocking and tackling. And the team that can kind of uh, focus just on that is usually the team that wins. And the team that could uh, drown out the noise. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, anyway, for all those reasons, I think it's a special thing. I've had a long tradition of having a Super Bowl party. I'm having, I'm having people here my all my friends around here are eagles fans so i'm sure it's going to be a pretty raucous uh you know event I'll, I'll cook up a huge huge menu and and uh you know i'll root for the eagles with with my friends because i want to see them happy hold on a second kt siri check my email please check evite from kevin smith <laughs> there are no new messages damn it siri <laughs> Damn it, KT. Uh, you know, I just figured it was a long commute on a Sunday night. <laughs> you know what? I, I tell you what, I this is my national holiday. I love it more than uh, this is my favorite day of the year that is not a family holiday. But I consider it a national holiday now, and I really love it. Um, I cannot wait for this game because it is the Super Bowl. This is one of those years I do not know who to root for. And that's that's pretty tough because I don't really particularly like any team. So 
I kind of do this. I make it Juju Smith-Schuster against Javon Hargrave. Hmm. And that's how I'm doing it. So let's go ahead and take a look at it that way. You have two guys that uh, were successful for the Pittsburgh Steelers. One was here a little bit longer than the other. But I think a lot of people are still crossing their fingers that the Steelers could bring Javon Hargrave back because he's a free agent at the end of the year. So when you look at these, these two guys in the Super Bowl, which one of those two are more rootable? I like them both. I like both. I do guys. too. I know Juju. He, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to say he, he rankled some people, but he, you know, he had some, some Juju-isms that I don't think everybody was on board with. And Javon Hargrave, maybe maybe there was a sense by some people that his last year here in Pittsburgh, now he now he was injured, he was banged up, but like and he didn't produce as much as maybe they thought that he that he would. He's gone on to Philadelphia and been really good, but now he's also surrounded by uh, a heck of a defensive line there. That the Eagles on both sides of the ball have one of the best lines in the NFL, so he he's done very well for himself. Uh, I do, I do, you know, I really, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a good guy at heart and, and he's easy to root for. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I, the personal connection that I have to all these people in my life who are, who are special to me and, and they're, you know, rooting for the Eagles makes me want to pull for them a little bit more. Not, not, not like it did. It wasn't like in 20, let me tell you what, 2017 when the Eagles had never won a Super Bowl and they were going up against Tom Brady and the evil empire over there. I mean, that was a raucous party we had. I mean, there were some Eagles fans. I, mean, I, I kid you not. One of the guys threw up, not from drinking, not from drinking, from nerves. He threw yeah. up from nerves. I so, love it. You know, so that's that was special for the for those Eagles fans. That's how I feel when the Steelers are in the Super Bowl. I feel like I'm oh. going to throw up. It's crazy, man. It, <laughs> this thing it, we have yeah. no control over makes you physically ill. Are you one of those guys? And we're going to talk about the Steelers in the Super Bowl in the second half. But are you one of those guys that still look back on the Steelers' losses and uh, you know fret over it because? I keep on, I've watched those games over and over. I've watched them this week. You know, Super Bowl 30, because that was right in the middle of that long stretch where that 26 year stretch between Super Bowl victories. And for you and I, that was a really hard stretch because that was kind of like the height of our irrational passion. You know, you're, you're, those were our teenage years, our college years, and, and, and into our early 30s where you're, you're probably, you know, <laughs> producing more testosterone in your body, and you're. Did so, you like, say thirty about everything? You know. Did you say so, Super Bowl so, thirty? Yeah, and they, right, and they lost. Oh, you're in such excruciating fashion. I obsessed on that Super Bowl. I'm going to correct you here. You're making yourself a whole lot more 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 older. We were 25, 26. Yeah, yeah. We but were... I'm just saying we had that stretch between the ages of yes. roughly, you know, roughly fourteen, you know, twelve maybe or so to when we were in our early thirties, that 26 year stretch where they didn't win any Super Bowls. Yeah. So when they, when they finally did, when they finally did, yeah, incredible. But I tell you what, I still, I still have great feelings from that Super Bowl 30 game. And when I say great feelings, because I, the build up to it was absolutely amazing. And even watching the game, watching Yancey Thigpen pulling that ball right before halftime and saying, whoa, 
there's a chance watching Bam Morris go into the end zone. I was like, they've got a chance to take the lead here. We're this is not the Buffalo Bills that got blown out. So, and it wasn't the San Diego Chargers the year before that got blown out by the uh the 49ers. So I'm like, they are in this to win this. It did not go the right way. But the biggest thing from that Super Bowl, and I've, I've watched the highlights a million times when Bill Cower kisses his family and says, hey, I'll, I'll meet up with you. And then he says to his daughter, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Yeah. And then the the he lifts his fist in the air to fans that are going, good job, Bill. When, when I see those highlights, I see that. I'm like, that's kind of what it's all about, too. That loss... I'm actually proud of that loss too, Kevin. Well, first of all, what what an amazing perspective Bill Cowher managed to have in that moment when when it would have been very tempting for a lot of people to be selfish in there and think about their own legacy and think about, especially with the way that that game went when the Steelers had their their chances and and you know the 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 excruciating interceptions down the stretch when you felt like oh they were going to win it. Uh, but to be able to step back from his emotion and and think about his daughters, that his daughters were upset and that he was he was going to sort of be there for them and and not attach himself to his own feelings in that moment is pretty special. It takes a special guy. I fell in love with that guy even more. Yeah, for and sure. I could say that with a staunch record of heterosexuality, but I was in love with that man. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's wrap up the first part of this show of here we go, the Steelers show. And let's talk about real quick. How do you see this game playing out and what kind of Steeler influence do you think is going to have on the winner? That means who might have the upper hand because of a former black and gold player. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, I don't know if either Hargrave or Juju Smith-Schuster makes a huge impact, but collectively, Hargrave's unit, that defensive line for Philly, I think has a pretty decent advantage on Kansas City's offensive line. But the bigger advantage, I think, is Philly's offensive line against Kansas City's defensive line. When when you watch that, that Philadelphia-San Francisco game, the Eagles absolutely annihilated a really good San Francisco defensive front. I mean, they were driving guys four or five yards off the ball, burying them on on their double teams, uh, pushing the pushing the defensive lineman into the linebacker so that the backers didn't even couldn't even find a, a crease or a seam to get to the ball. Uh, I mean, Philly's just really good up front on both sides of the ball. 
And so, you know, I think that's their biggest advantage. I think that that bigger advantage coupled with the fact that the chiefs are a little more banged up and you don't know how Mahomes' ankle's ankle is going to be. And um, I just think that, you know, the, the, and I also, I also know this man, Philly's an underdog town. Philly loves being an underdog. They rode that underdog theme to the Super Bowl five years ago. They're riding it right now. There's so many people out there talking about they don't believe in the Eagles. Steve Young, who I respect a lot, and I love his commentary. He was on Pardon the Interruption last night talking about how he thought the Chiefs would win because he just he said, I don't, I don't know who the Eagles are. They haven't been challenged. They haven't played anybody. I think, I think Philly loves that, and they relish that. So, so my suspicion is, is they'll win. I think it'll be a really good game, but I think the Eagles will pull it out. What about you? I, I'm betting if I have to bet, I'm betting on the Eagles to win this game. I've, uh, I would probably bet them on the money line. I, I actually think they could probably win this game by maybe eight possibly. Um, but I think it's going to be close most of the way through. I think Kansas city's banged up. I really think they are. Yeah. And I, I think this is just a situation where they're going to play valiantly but Philly, I hate to break it to you. You're nobody's underdog. You're not. You are not an underdog. And you want to be the underdog, and I get it. You want just like um Cincinnati wanted to claim they were disrespected and they're not they weren't. You know, it's it's not you against the world. In fact, most of the people I talk to feel that Philly's gonna win this game. But as long as they believe it's them against the world, I think that's the important Fantastic. You got yeah. And if I'm if I'm Sirianni, yeah, I'm telling them that everybody hates you, and it's you against the world. It's just the guys in this locker room that the only ones that believe you. Yep. But that's not the truth. But yeah, I'm playing that card. Absolutely, I, I'm I'm going to make them think that. And yeah. uh, but deep down, it's not true. <laughs> yeah, I you know I think. I think as far as matchups go, this is an intriguing one too because of the quarterback play. Um, I think Jalen Hurts, you know, it, when you talk about underrated, I think Jalen Hurts is really underrated. Uh, I was at the Eagles-Steelers game in week eight when Philly just put it on them. And uh, just watching Jalen Hurts live, you got an appreciation for how calm and collected he was and how he just seemed to be in control. Never had an emotion one way or the other. Um seem to just really sort of uh, be laser focused and be a great leader. And, uh, you know, I wrote an article for behind the steel curtain three years ago when, when Hertz was coming out where I, I speculated on the Steelers drafting him just simply because I just, I, I looked at what he did in college, the way he handled being benched in the national title game at Alabama uh, and didn't sulk and totally supported to attack and, uh, and was a complete class act through that whole process and then went to Oklahoma and within two weeks of being at Oklahoma, they named him a team captain because he had that much of an impact on, the, on that team. Uh, I, I think he's a special guy. I, I think, you know, the intangibles there, the leadership that he provides transcends some of the things that, he, that he's able to do on the field. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a great leader. And, and you can go a long way with a guy like that. And I, in some regards, I, I'm hoping that, that that'll be Kenny Pickett. You know, I don't know if Kenny Pickett will ever be an elite quarterback. I think he could be a really good quarterback, but I think he showed as a rookie that he's got a chance to be a great leader. 
So when I watch Jalen Hurts from from a mental perspective, I get excited about what Kenny Pickett could become. All right, you know what? I'm uh, the podcast producer of the show, and I'm thinking we're rolling. I'm not taking a break. So uh, you know, <laughs> let's go right through it. Let's go. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to throw shade at uh, the uh, overall network that's uh, hosting us for another what uh, two weeks, and you know, you're not going to get your ads this this week. We'll put them in, on at the end. You're still going to get them, but. We're not going to do that. That's probably very unprofessional what I just said, but eh, screw it. So let's go <laughs> ahead and let's go ahead and transfer transfer over to uh ghost of Super Bowl past and the black and gold. And you're right, Kevin, when the Steelers were in it, man, it was it, it was just absolutely magical. And there's a lot of what ifs, though. And I want to play the what if game here. Because the Steelers got breaks in Super Bowls, but they were interesting breaks. So I'm going to ask you what you think would have happened if these things didn't happen. So here we go. Let's go with Super Bowl nine. The Steelers win that game 16 to six. It was their first Super Bowl. A lot of people were excited about this team. They were playing a very vet. They were a young team playing a very veteran team with Fran Tarkenton who was the leader in passing that year Kevin and it was 1700 yards that's how much the NFL has changed he had 1700 yards passing and he led the entire NFL isn't that ridiculous that's fantastic that's that's like a that's like a four or five week stretch for Patrick Mahomes yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> so you know the Steelers did run the ball very well and they had a fantastic defense, but something they almost missed something from that defense that week. And it was one of those guys that I think is very underrated and he's mad dog, Dwight white and mad dog was kind of the badass of the Steelers. Yeah. You know, uh, of that defensive line, they, they all, they all had their bite, but he was like the angriest and he's really good player. And, he got sick that week. He had some kind of flu. He was in the hospital for a week in New Orleans. He lost 20 pounds that week. Got out of the hospital on Sunday morning to play. They were supposed to play that game in the Dome, and the Superdome was not ready yet. It was supposed to be the first Dome Super Bowl. And they got a very cold, rainy day in Tulane Stadium. And here he is after losing 20 pounds. He's playing in that game. And he actually recorded the very first two points for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a Super Bowl, the very first safety in Super Bowl history. That was Super Bowl nine in 1975, 1974 season. So if he doesn't play in that game, the Steelers have a hole. What kind of hole do you think they have? Because he was a, a very important part of that team. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. The, the the Steelers held the Vikings in that Super Bowl to 119 total yards and 17 yards rushing. Um, no offensive scores, and I think Minnesota's only scores on a, on a blocked punt. Uh, so, so are they that dominant without Dwight White? Well, I mean, one thing Minnesota probably does better is they run the ball better. I mean, like you said, it was a cold day. I think the temperatures were in the 40s, and, and – um, I think that obviously they they would have 
love to have gotten a ground game going. They could, they couldn't, you know, uh, does Dwight White's absence uh, give Minnesota an opportunity to maybe to run the ball and get into a little bit more of a rhythm on offense. I, I would suspect it does. Uh, does it do it to the degree where they're able to overcome some of that defensive dominance by the Steelers? I don't know, but I, I would, I would virtually guarantee that they get more than 17 rushing yards if Dwight White doesn't play. That's, that's a great answer. I still think the Steelers win that game, but it could have been a different Super Bowl, And that's what this exercise is all about. For sure. So let's do the next one. This I think this is going to be your favorite one. <laughs> and I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but uh, Kevin, when he, when did you first come to our network here as a writer? As a writer, probably about three years ago, I'm going to say. Well, we've been, we've been doing this together for, for uh, more than three years. So for close to three years, um, okay. the show's almost three years old. I started contributing to the site, uh, doing fan posts. And, uh, and actually when, when, um, Michael Bean was running the site way back in the day, he had, yeah. me do some, he had me do some things that got posted on the main page, even though I wasn't yet a paid writer. So, so that was, that predates two, 2015 with Jeff Hartman coming in. That predates Neil Coolong. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess now that you say it like that, right? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. It's been probably ten years at least. And you chose a nom de plume, a different name. And what was that name? <laughs> uh, Cliff Harris is still a punk. Was my was my uh, original name on Behind the Steel Curtain, which, as we're about to discuss, yes, emanates from the first football game I ever remember watching, which was Super Bowl ten. Let's talk about that. Why is Cliff Harris still a punk? So we all know, I think all Steelers fans have some sort of recollection of the famous uh, play where Roy Jarilla, who was really struggling. The he was kicker, terrible. <laughs> Not yeah, struggling. He was, he was terrible. He, was, he missed three field goals. and God uh, bless him and the, yeah. and the Jarilla Gorillas. But uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was a 50% know. kicker, but there's a lot of them back then. Yeah, it was funny, too. Every kicker looked like Roy Girola back then. Yeah. Every kicker, every kicker was like built like a, you know uh, somebody team manager in a beer league softball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah, they did. <laughs> but so Roy Girola missed. Uh, I don't know if it was the second or third kick, but um, it was it in was the you know third, early in the second half. The the the, uh, the game was close. It was ten seven. The Steelers led, but the Cowboys had had some momentum and. And Cliff Harris, the the Dallas safety, who was a very very good player, but you know, kind of notoriously a, a pain in the other team's butt, a, a guy that opposing fans love to hate. Um, you know, grabbed Jarilla and started to heckle him, basically congratulating him on the miss. Uh, patted him on the helmet, right? Yeah, patted him on the helmet, almost like a little child, right? And uh, and Jack Lambert, who was on the uh, on the field goal team came over and uh, grabbed Cliff Harris and hurled him to the ground. And I mean, I, I was a little kid, you know, and that was like a Superman move. I mean, that was just like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I'll never forget my uncle who was a big Philadelphia Eagles fan and therefore hated the Cowboys. I'll never forget my uncle standing up and like, kind of like shouting at the TV. He's like that Cliff Harris is a punk. And that you just never told me that part. I've never heard the uncle story. I love oh, yeah, it. That's the, that's the origins of the uh, of the punk part. Yeah, my uncle, that Cliff Harris is a punk, and so uh, 
so Jack Lambert went on to become my favorite player. I thought he was a Superman. And then when I joined the site, I was trying to think of a, a what would be a cool name. And I, and I thought to myself, you know what, man, I'll bet that Cliff Harris is still a punk. <laughs> that's how, that's where I came from. Love it. All right. So first of all, if this happened in the modern, more of the modern era of football, when I'm, I'm saying nineties, two thousands, Jack Lambert's getting kicked out of that game. A hundred percent. Cause that was, that was an aggro move. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and, and, the, and what, well, one of the great things about that too, which gives you an idea about the, the era of football he was playing in. Like, I mean, some of the Cowboys kind of came in and pushed back a little bit and intervened, but a lot of the players just were like, okay. You know, I mean, that's yeah. just like something that went on in football the, games. They're, they're like, this isn't the hill we want to die on. Cliff, you're on your own, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that was a, that was a, a punk move. It really was. Yeah. If Cliff sure. Harris doesn't do that, it's, it's a, a different question. game. It, 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 it is a different game because, because as dominant as the Steelers defense was in Super Bowl nine, Dallas was penetrating them and they were struggling against Dallas in that game. They were not playing a great brand of football in that game. And Tony Dorsett wasn't there yet. Right. Tony Dorsett was still at Preston University Pearson, of Pittsburgh. Former Steeler was their was their big runner. Yeah. And they were they were running all over Pittsburgh. So and I'm sure you've seen the America's game series. Yes. I, I was watching it today. Okay. Mike Wagner is one of the Steelers who's who's narrating that, commentating. Not that on one. It. I didn't watch that one though. Okay. Yeah, Mike Wagner says says about that play. He says it changed the game for us. He says we were the team was dejected. Uh, Dallas had all the momentum, and then you know Cliff Harris does this. Jack Lambert does what he does, and and Mike Wagner says you know that basically what that move told it reminded us that like no no we're the bullies we're the ones who push other guys around we don't allow that to happen to us. He said that the message that Jack Lambert sent when he did that was it it reminded the Steelers who the Steelers are and he said that's how we played the rest of the game yeah Lambert ended up with 14 tackles and and he very if it what wasn't for the miraculous catches the 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 complete ridiculous receptions that Lynn Swan made really you have uh, I would have been shocked if a guy like Jack Lambert isn't winning the MVP. I'm also shocked that a guy like Elsie Greenwood didn't win the MVP either, because do you know how many tackles, excuse me, how many sacks they weren't official stats back then, but you know how many sacks Elsie had in that game? No. How many? Four, four sacks. I'm not kidding. Imagine, imagine if a guy gets four sacks in the Super Bowl on Sunday, there's no way that guy's not going to be the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Grady Jackson would have been the MVP for Atlanta if they didn't blow that lead. He had three sacks. Uh-huh. You have three sacks in a Super Bowl. You know that that's uh, that's hero time. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's a great game. And just watch the highlights on that. And also check out the BTSC DeLorean as I have recaps of of all of these games coming up over the weekend. Uh, actually, this game's going to be showing up tomorrow morning. And I. I include highlights in it. Let's go to Super Bowl 13 as we, man, we're running out of time. Super Bowl 13. What if Jackie Smith 
the sickest man in America. As uh, I believe it was Jack Buck who called him that because uh, he dropped that ball all alone in the end zone. Yep. What if he catches that football? Yeah, it's 21-14 at the time. That that would have tied it up at, at 21. Uh, Dallas has to kick a field goal, 21-17, and then the Steelers went went on and scored two touchdowns to kind of you know put it out of reach, 35-17. Dallas scored two more near the end there. But but that's, that's as deflating as the Jack Lambert play was energizing in, in, in Super Bowl 10. It's almost as though Dallas knew that they had to keep up with the Steelers point wise, that that was a different Super Bowl, man. You know, the passing game had now had suddenly emerged in Pittsburgh and, and the Steelers were going to put up points and the Cowboys knew they had to keep pace and having to settle for three there. It just felt in that moment, like that was, that wasn't going to get it done. Let's go to Super Bowl 14. The Steelers at halftime are losing 19 to 17. They ended up winning that game 31 to 19. But with about five minutes left, Jack Lambert intercepts the ball deep in Steeler territory. Vince Ferragamo and that team are driving. And then they end up adding a touchdown onto it. On so, an unbelievable throw. That that touchdown pass from Bradshaw to Stallworth is greatest. one of the prettiest throws I've ever seen in my life. I think he had two like that in that game, but the one for the touchdown was just absolutely incredible. What if Jack Lambert doesn't intercept and they go ahead and score? They're playing in Pasadena. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they they take the lead. Uh, I have to believe, only because I am living in this Homer world, but I have to believe that Terry Bradshaw is bringing the Steelers down the field, and they're going. They're not going to lose to the Rams. But you're right. You know that that again. There's, there's another Jack Lambert play in the Super Bowl that uh, stops momentum and and you know turns it in Pittsburgh's favor. So, you know Kent State University. Who would have guessed, man? Man, we have a couple heroes from Kent State University in in Super Bowls, and we're going to talk about that other one in a second. Well, actually, a, a couple minutes. Let's go to Super Bowl 30. This is the one that sticks in everybody's craw, but we talked about this game earlier. Now, you're expecting me to say, what if Neil O'Donnell doesn't throw interceptions? No. I'm saying this man had eight receptions in this game and tore his knee on a hit from Scott Case, I believe, and it's Ernie Mills. What if Ernie Mills stays in that game? Right. Right, because Ernie Mills is now in the lineup uh, near the end of the game when there's a miscommunication between Neil O'Donnell and who was the other receiver? Corey right? Holiday. Yeah, right. And uh, and I've never heard an official explanation uh, as to what happened, but but the way I see it, even though as hard as everybody is on Neil O'Donnell, uh, Neil O'Donnell doesn't miss on that throw. No, no NFL quarterback misses by that much. He expects Corey Holiday to run a different route. Yeah, he and, ran the wrong route. That's that's yeah. the word, but nobody wants to hear that word, right? Right, because that's a because that doesn't fit into the narrative. You know, the narrative yeah. is easy. You know, like they all Donald threw those interceptions. Well, he did, but and you know, when you get to the but, it gets a little more complicated. Uh, but you know, that's that's a great uh, point that you brought up. You know, what if Ernie Mills doesn't get hurt? Yeah, if Ernie Mills doesn't get hurt and the Steelers stay on the same page in the passing game, they, they had all the momentum, man. I mean that that game more than any Steelers game I can remember 
that game just turned in Pittsburgh's way and it turned and it turned and you, you just, it felt like that ball was rolling downhill. And again, like you and I were talking about earlier, it had been, you know, for us, it had been 15, 16 years since they'd won a Super Bowl. And, and we were now in our mid twenties and we were like, so jacked up and just got so excited. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it just like somebody just knocked the wind out of you. I'm going to take these next two just for time and they're winning Super Bowls. What if Ben doesn't get in on third and goal and they have to do it on fourth and goal? I still think they, they find a way into the end zone in Super Bowl 40. Yeah, I think so too. I think, uh, I think that with their run game, they're getting into the end zone there for sure. Super Bowl 43. Well, let's go back to that. Do you think they go for it there? Do you think they kick the field goal? Uh, Bill Cowher, I think he goes for it. Yeah, I think so, too. We just talked about uh, the other guy from Kent State. What about this guy from Kent State? Another linebacker. His name's Debo, James Harrison. What if he doesn't drop into coverage on the goal line for that interception? And he yeah. rushes the passer because he was he, Debo says, James says, I was a second late on everything. And we worked on this in practice. And I just knew to drop back. Yeah. And he's supposed to come on that play. He, and he kind of does that on his own. And uh, Kurt Warner says, uh, when, when being asked about that play, Kurt Warner says it never even enters his mind that James Harrison's dropping into coverage because it just never happens. Uh, and then the run back. The run back is uh, is is the thing that's that's even more epic. I mean, what if what if one of the officials throws a flag on that on that run back? Because there's a couple blocks there where you know it, they 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 had to be reaching for that flag or if they saw it. Uh, what if he doesn't land on Larry Fitzgerald at the goal line and, and his knee goes down and said instead that is such a what if play. And the ultimate what if you know there's two for Super Bowl forty five. What if Mendenhall doesn't fumble? We we kind of know that. I kind of think they win that game if Mendenhall doesn't fumble. Um, what if Marquise Pouncey does not get hurt in the AFC Championship game, Kevin? Yeah, heart and soul of the offensive line, huge team leader. Ben, ben Roethlisberger never really looked in sync in that Super Bowl. And I wonder if it had anything to do with him not having Marquise Pouncey as his battery mate, so to speak. I know he's not throwing the ball to Marquise Pouncey, but the relationship between the center and quarterback is so important. I just wonder if Roethlisberger maybe was a little out of sync by not having him there. <laughs> Absolutely. I really think so. I think that was a big thing that not a lot of people talk about either. We, we really, we, we always focus and fixate on that Mendenhall fumble and I, Man, I don't know how you hold on to that ball. A lot of people blame Mendy on that, but you're a coach. He's getting sandwiched and cracked. What's the percentages that uh, even better backs still fumble on that play? That's a perfect tackle. Helmet on the ball. Uh, there's very, very few, very, very few NFL running backs who can, you know, protect that helmet on the ball. If you want to nitpick, then. You want you make the uh, you make the three points of contact argument that there's the ball should always have there should always be three points of contact on the ball that the ball should always be pressed up against the arm the bicep and the body and 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 it does get a little bit away from Mendenhall's body there you know there's not that third point of contact but uh, but it's perfect tackle so so just 
just one of those things, man, that happens in the course of a football game and unfortunately happened at the worst time. Well, the bottom line to the whole what if game, of course, it doesn't matter. The Steelers are six and two. We want them to be eight and oh, but I'm glad a lot of those what ifs did not happen in those six wins. So, you know, still, man, that, that percentage is still pretty darn good. <laughs> Let me ask you a quick what if. I know we're running out of time, but here's a quick what if, Brian. Can you can you picture your life under this scenario? What if what if you were not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan? What how would things be different? I wouldn't be uh I wouldn't be on a show. I would not, it would just be another thing. Hey, I, you know, I like this team. I would not be rabid because I grew up in this is a fantastic question, by the way, Kevin. I mean, I grew up in western Pennsylvania, and this is what you did on Sundays. You there was not there were no lifetime original movies. There was nothing like that. You know, you did you didn't have the opportunity to to go ahead and do anything else. This is it it was so rabid and everybody was so passionate about it. That's why I got into it. And my kids, my son is getting into the penguins. He, he he'll watch the Steelers with me from here to there, but or he'll do something else because he can. Sometimes when you're force fed something because there's no alternative, you fall in love with it even more. And that's what happened with me. Now other people are 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 different. But for me, that's why it's such a passion. If I wasn't a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, I would not be doing something like this for another network because Pittsburgh Steeler fans are amazing. It's such a culture. And we, you know what? We kind of feel like we're better than everybody else because of only having three three coaches since 1969, because of the four Super Bowls in the seventies and two more. And because of being one of the greatest franchises in all of sports, that that's kind of why, why we're like this, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. It, so it, it, it has contributed in many ways to, you know, your, your personality, uh, your sense of optimism. It's funny. You talk about that. I mean, the alternative for me would have been to be a Philadelphia Eagles fan and for Philadelphia Eagles fans for 30 years were the most pessimistic people I'd ever met in my life. They were just conditioned to believe that it was all going to fall apart and they were going to fail. And I didn't grow up like that at all. I, I grew up to, to think like, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. Uh, and, you know, I mean, that, you can't you can't attribute all of that to your the, the football team that you choose to root for. But I don't I, I'm certain it had an impact. I love the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're my favorite team. But I'll go. I'll go long stretches without even knowing whether they won the night before you know you know what i mean um the past couple years and as a kid the pirates were a huge thing and they were just as big where i grew up as the steelers were but there's not that culture and so that culture is what goes goes uh a long way i'm hoping to be a pittsburgh steel pittsburgh pirate fan again and be rabid like i was uh it from 13 to 15 but and when i say 13 to 15 uh, 2013 to 2015 you know i was back but it it's a lot harder when they pay, play 162 games and the management doesn't care about the fans yeah yeah you always got a feeling uh that the steelers were a family uh they were owned by a family and and 
they seemed to sort of project that and to value that. And it seemed to filter out to the fan base too. So it's been special. All right. It's time for us to get on out of here. Um, due to the week, let's just go ahead with uh, Juju and Javon. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Good choices. They're they're it's representing us here. Guys. Yep. And rest in peace, Steeler legend Paul Martha, gone at eighty today. So, uh, um, if you don't know who Paul Martha is, he went to the University of Pittsburgh, number one draft pick of the Steelers in nineteen sixty four. A pretty special player. That's a guy that you kind of need to look into. So, uh, fans, if you don't know who Paul is, he was one of the guys that I read about in. Uh, in Steelers forever, uh, a very good book. So, you know, check that out. But uh, a member of the Steelers family gone today. I mean, unfortunately, that's two weeks in a row, but I'm glad you uh, were able to recognize him. Absolutely. Well, so, Kevin, thanks so much. Yeah, enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. I hope you have a hope you have a great party and uh, and not too bad of a hangover on Monday morning when you go to work. All right. For Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. And remember, you've got to keep your feet on the ground. And keep reaching for those hypocycloids. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.